0: What is up, everyone? This is Talking Chop, and I'm your host, Levi Lorenz. We are just over three weeks, that's right, only three more weeks until the 2021 NFL Draft, and football fans across the country are scouring mock drafts to decide which prospects they want joining their favorite team on April 29th in Cleveland. Pro Day season is upon us, we've already seen some big trades at the top of the order. It is shaping up to be a very interesting draft weekend. Joining me to talk about the Chiefs' offseason and potential draft targets is Jordan Foote. Jordan is a draft analyst for SI's Arrowhead Report. He also covers the Utah Jazz for the publication 48 Minutes and hosts a Chiefs podcast called Roughing the Kicker. We break down every position group to give you an idea of some guys that could don the red and gold next season. I'd like to thank Jordan for taking the time today. Before we get into the draft, what are your thoughts on free agency up to this point? Got some interior guys. It just seems like a lot of depth. It seemed, I mean, obviously the line got exposed Mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. Tune will step in. He'll be great. But other than that, I mean, what do you, how do you think this is going to affect how they, uh, how they approach the interior line in the draft?
1: Man, this year it's looking pretty good. I mean, they have depth at both guard spots. Man, man. When you have a guy like Clyde who's not going to move the pile by himself, you kind of need that um, initial push up front. So I like it. But, man, I trust Niang. I think he's going to turn out to be good. But who may or may not be ready, you would ideally still have that kind of veteran to step in. I don't want to see Mike Remmers at left tackle. Like, I have no problem, but um, preferably over on the right side. You know? uh-huh.
0: Definitely. And not to mention, I think they just – they just announced the signing of Michael Burton, Saints fullback. Yeah. So that's another that's another weapon. I think it just it seems like we're going to see a lot more Clyde next year. I think they found yeah. they found out that I mean when they're balanced again. That, I mean that Bills game last year, they ran all over him. Didn't really didn't really need Mahomes, and they I mean they had no mm-hmm. trouble. I think I think that's going to be a theme that we kind of see, and I think we're gonna that's going to get solidified in the draft when they you know do even more to beef
1: up the the line. Um, And I'm fine with that, personally. I I think it'll be fun, yeah.
0: That said, do you think it is a kind of a foregone conclusion that they go with a tackle or a a guard or a center with 31?
1: Barring anything crazy happening, I mean, this is the same team that drafted a running back last year when really no one expected. So I guess we expect the unexpected with Brett Veach and kind of what he has going on. But um, in terms of what they need, that you need to tackle at 31. And if a guy like Liam Eikenberg is there, who I think is the most NFL-ready tackle of that realistic bunch that's going to be there, um, I think you do that. But, like, if Rashad Bateman falls to 31 or Jalen Phillips falls to 31, like, there are a few exceptions where you can go elsewhere. Um, I would understand a center, like if they took a Dickerson or a Humphrey or something like that. But preferably, I think you take your uh, left tackle of the future at 31.
0: I think the blight signing might indicate that that's what they're looking at. Um, yep. He's a great, he's a great run center. He's great in the run game. He kind of struggles in the protection, but I mean, when you have, when you have high level guards that they're trying to get in right now, it's easier to, you know, it's easier to make up for a center who can't yep. block as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think I read one of
1: your scouting reports. Did you mention Quinn miners at one point? I wish I knew more about him. Like it's so hard to find tape on him since he went to Wisconsin whitewater. So I didn't want to watch like one or two games and then send out tape or a review and be like, well, I didn't really watch too much, but here's what I saw. So um, I'm kind of just going on what I've like seen and heard from people. Um, And he seems like a a cool prospect, but like my thing is man, like the Dane burglars and the Matt Millers and stuff with the world who like know what teams want and think they're talking about him as like a top 50 guy. And personally, I think he's like a third round pick at best. I wouldn't take him in the top 60, um, yeah. But he had one hell of a senior bowl. He kind of has that, like, it factor, like the crop top, the just manhandling. He's just a cool dude. Nastiness. And I think that that kind of, yes, nastiness, that inflates his draft stock. So I'd be cool with minors, but um, I think the NFL teams know a lot more about him than than people like you and me know about him. For sure.
0: You mentioned Liam Eikenberg. Um mm-hmm. Say somebody else has their eye on him. He goes, you know, late 20s. Who are some other tackles you could see?
1: Man, if you asked me two weeks ago before, like all these pro day measurements came out, like they all have T-Rex arms. Like they're all really big dudes who have short arms and that worries me. Um, but I like Samuel Cosme from Texas. I think he is a guy that maybe might not be ready, but has the length and size and athleticism to do it. Um, Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins was one of my dudes like early, early on. I'm kind of sad that everyone's catching on because he has the size. He's mean. He's nasty. He has long arms. He's athletic enough. Um, I think he maybe could have slid over to left tackle from the right side. So I like Tevin Jenkins. Then there's like that drop off into the tier two people like Alex Leatherwood, Jackson Carmen, Mayfield from Michigan. I guess Reduns. Reduns and Um, minors are in that same boat where it's hard to find stuff on them then they don't have that season with opting out um, because of COVID and stuff like that so I guess we're done with being that tier two and then man there's another tier of guys who could start down the road like Hudson from Cincinnati Walker Little from Stanford he would have been a first round pick if he played um, Spencer Brown super athletic from Northern Iowa so there's yeah there's a ton there's a ton man yeah
0: for sure I think you mentioned Tevin Jenkins. That dude ran a four nine yesterday at six seven three forty three thirty something. I mean, that's just you got to, You're asking him to pull. You're asking him to do anything. I think the knock on him is he's not highly athletic. Is that correct? He kind yeah. of struggles with yeah. you know more quick twitch pass rushers, which obviously in the AFC West he's going to be seeing Joey Bosa, Von Miller. So it's kind of concerning, but at the same time, I mean that's a little easier to teach than, you know, running a four nine when you're, when you're as big as he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, well, they had that game against Texas, against Osai, and Osai's, like, as quick of a pass rusher. There was one series where he drove him out of bounds. He ran him over. He uh, bulldozed him. Like, it was – Jenkins was owning him, and I think that, like, obviously he won't be able to be that much of a bully in the NFL because those guys are, like, grown men. Mm-hmm. Um, but against those faster pass rushers, I think he'd be all right. Yeah. I didn't
0: hear about him until, I mean, two weeks ago, last week, maybe mm-hmm. now he's, I feel like he's really shooting up a lot of boards. So it's going to be yep. interesting if he's there, if, I mean, that's, that's definitely it's still a choice right there. If they don't go tackle or guard or center, you mentioned Rashad Bateman. Um, Kadarius Tony is a guy I really like. I'm not sure if he really fits. He's kind of, kind of the same as McColl to some extent. I mean, they have a lot of those little quick receivers. Um, if they go receiver, other than Bateman, who I think he would be a hell of a pick. I think if he's there, that's something they that's someone they probably wouldn't be able to pass up. If they go anybody else, who could who could you see them going with?
1: So on day two, I think there's like a ton of options there. Like, cause Bateman obviously bypassed that um, tackle need almost? Like, I'd have to flip a coin if like it was Eichenberg and Bateman. I'd be like, eh, I don't know. But yeah. on day two, man, um, Amonra Saint Brown from USC. I'm um, a guy who – these guys really didn't have the size measurements. Like that's another thing about this year is the teams list them like two inches taller, even Bateman. Like he was listed 6'2", 210, then he went to his pro day, he was six one ninety one. So you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But St. Brown, um, Diami Brown from UNC, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State I think would be a really good fit with the Chiefs. He was okay at athletic testing, and I think people like were – surprised in a bad way about that expecting him to be a good athlete i mean he's just a solid athlete and that's okay because he has good hands and can um, run a full route tree and stuff like that and then i guess um marshall jr from lsu i really don't know what i think about him yet like he's such a big bodied deep threat guy i just don't know if he can do the small stuff right um but i think he's in there too and uh there there's some options i mean they definitely have a plethora of choices and then even on day um, or I guess round three not day three um, Powell from Clemson, Nico Collins um, Simi Fahoko from Stanford like a bunch of big bodied. Tamorian Terry from Florida State is a guy that pops up in a lot of radars. Mm-hmm. Um, Joshua Bebe from Illinois who had like a gazillion inch vertical like it was just insane. Um, there's a bunch of athletic freaks in this draft there's a bunch of big bodied guys but Another thing with the Chiefs fan is, like, do they need a big-bodied guy or do they need a moderately-sized guy who can get open and catch the ball? Because, like, Sammy Watkins wasn't a physically imposing threat, but he was a strong receiver who got open, was reliable, and could be counted upon. So I think there's kind of a um, trade-off between guys like that. And like you said, Bateman is kind of the best of both worlds. He has the size, he can route it up, he can catch, he's physical, he's the – the whole package
0: yeah I think a lot of people are really really rave about his intelligence too I mean he at Minnesota he didn't really have he didn't have a whole lot of talent going to him I mean he's playing in the big 10 but I mean his numbers his numbers and his tape he was he was tearing up Sean Wade You roasted that guy and you know those are starting caliber NFL cornerbacks now so yeah I definitely I really like Bateman I don't know if I, I can definitely see in the next month or so him you know kind of shooting up Overtaking, you know, Terrence Marshall for that maybe third or fourth receiver spot behind, you know, Devontae Smith, um, Jamar Chase, Cal Pitts. Um, So I don't know if he's even going to be there. But if he is, that would be a a fun fit. Okay, so back to Jaron Reed.
1: Um, I'm happy to be here. It's a
0: great opportunity and I'm ready to get started. You know, I'm going to do my best, be the best me I can be. You know, follow those guys, you know, this guy, um, those guys' team. I'm there leading this team. And um, the goal is to come in and wreck havoc, you know, and just play some good football, man, some good old-school football. I really like that signing. Um, I think that's, that's exactly what they needed. They needed a guy in the interior to free Chris Jones up a little more. I mean, he's, yep. Chris is great against the run, but he's even better against the, as a pass rusher. I think Jaron Reed's really going to be able to kind of set a tone and give Chris Jones a little more freedom um, to maybe, you know, kick himself outside a little bit just – just do whatever they need to do given the situation. Um, that said, Chiefs obviously still have a need with pass rushers just at the edge position. You mentioned uh, Jalen Phillips earlier. Who are some other guys that you think would fit Spag
1: system? system? Uh, man, in terms of round one, I think it's just Phillips. Like, man, he is – He's a top 15 talent. Like with the concussion issues and the retiring from football, I still don't think he slides to 31. If he does, like, I think you, it's a no brainer. Like Bateman, I'd have to think twice about with tackle. I don't care if it's a tackle versus Phillips. Phillips wins a hundred out of a hundred times, but um, Jason Owe is a guy that a lot of people have been talking about and he tested really well, which isn't a surprise. Um, People also bring up how he didn't have sack production last year. Like I'm kind of in the middle on him. I think he's a freakish athlete. I think he's better than the negative people think, but I also think he has a ways to go. So um, athletic edge rushers don't grow on trees. Like that is really hard to find. So if the Chiefs took him at 31, I wouldn't be really irritated, but I'd be a little disappointed just because there wouldn't be a lot of year one impact. But the Reed signing kind of changes that because if Chris Jones is out there on first and second downs, or at least first downs or something. Then you have Taco Charlton, who can come in on third downs. You have Jason Owe. Um, even Mike Dana, like, he can set the edge and play run defense on early downs. So they have um, options there. I like Joe Tryon from Washington. Um, but Pittsburgh has a pair of good guys, Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver. They're totally different. I think Weaver's, like, the the early down run defender, strong, not great athlete. And Jones is just, like, away kind of you just kind of unleash him and and let him do his thing and then on day three gosh there's dalen hayes ellerson smith jordan smith um adi ogandigi peyton turner there's so many guys on day three so i think if the Chiefs are looking for an eventual starting caliber all three down guy you got to go like round one pretty much um but if you're looking for A contributor they showed with Mike Dana last year. You can get them pretty much anywhere in the draft.
0: Definitely. Do you know anything? Have you kind of looked into? I think his name's Charles Snowden, Virginia guy. Yeah. What do you? What do you? Yeah, dude. I uh, a lot of different perspectives.
1: I have him listed as a linebacker, and like he, he was hard to evaluate because he did spend a lot of time coming off the edge, Mm -hmm. and like he considers. Um, I was reading this article from an interview. He sees himself as a 3-4 outside linebacker, which, whatever, that's fine. Um, those guys are really 4-3 defensive ends. He's like six-six. He doesn't have that size, though, in terms of the weight. I think he only weighs like 230 pounds or something. So um, he would be – I think we're going to talk about linebackers next if I um, have foresight correctly. So definitely, he, he's a 3, like a fourth-round or fifth-round linebacker, I think, where the Chiefs have that set up right now where Hitchens and Gay are going to be on the field pretty much all the time. I think that Sam linebacker is only on for about 30% of the snaps. So if they drafted Snowden to be that guy, like a Damian Wilson last year, that'd be okay. Um, People think the Chiefs really, really, really need a linebacker, and I don't necessarily think they do, but they do need someone who can play on first down, play that Sam role, then in passing downs, they'll be okay. But on early downs, they need a run defender. They need a tough guy. Um, I think that Pete Werner from Ohio State is definitely one of those top tier guys. And then there, there's some more later in the draft. But Snowden, he, he's a good football player, man. He's interesting. Yeah.
0: I'm one of those people that think they do need a linebacker. Um, even I go to Iowa, so having to actively root for Ben Neiman when it just seems like he doesn't do a whole it's tough. It's, it's kind of a conflict there. Um, I think I, I really love the Willie Gay pick. I think he's going to, he's going to keep developing after the injury. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, at 31, I also, I'm almost just in love. One of my draft crushes, Zaven Collins um, out of Tulsa. I'm not, I'm, I'm interested to see how, what's your take on, on him?
1: He's one hell of a player, man. I love Zayvon Collins. Um, I think that he's he's really interesting. He can do a lot of different stuff. He's a good athlete. He has good size. I just don't know if he's going to be there when the Chiefs are desiring a linebacker. Like, you know what I mean? I think more of a second or third round linebacker makes sense for them because Hitchens is going to be there for the next two years. Like, I, I don't love any Hitchens personally, but Ben Neiman, man, you hit the nail on the head, like they need a dime linebacker. They need to Sam like anything to keep him off the field. And I'm sure Ben Neiman's a great guy. He's a smart football player, but like, if you can't do the job, you can't really do the job. You know what I mean? So um, (laughs) uh, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, (laughs) but I definitely think they need a linebacker. Zavin would be really fun in that defense. I, yeah,
0: I agree. I don't know if he's going to be there at 31, and if he is, I'm not sure if he's a guy that you can kind of justify as you know the best player available in that position. Yeah. I think if if they're at that position, they have you know Zayvon, Rashad Bateman, or a tackle, Eichenberg, whoever it may be. Yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see where they go with that. Um, I think Brett Beach has shown that he is he won't shy away from a trade if it means you know getting more picks on day two. So if they think that they can get somebody one of those guys on day two and then accumulate a couple more picks, I'd also I wouldn't be surprised at all if if they don't end up
1: picking the first round, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beach is an interesting dude. He definitely is not afraid to try to make a deal, contact people. He um, pretty well-spoken guy, but also we don't really know what he's going to do. Like, I think he's a straight shooter in terms of he does what he says he's going to do, but then also he said um, <clears throat> they were excited to get Fisher back. They were excited to see what Schwartz did with their rehab. and that happened. So, Um, things change in the NFL. That's just kind of the nature of the business, but in terms of his draft plans, I think that there's definitely a discrepancy between what we as the public think he's going to do and what he's actually going to do, but that's also the fun part of it, because you spend this time looking at different guys who would fit, then he thinks it's something different, so um, I'm just super excited for the draft, and I think it's one of the most fun times of the year.
0: Last thing, I think this seems like the Mm -hmm. first time that there isn't a glaring Defensive back need, um, Charverius Ward. I'm still. I'm, I think the jury's still kind of out on him. I think he's a good player. Um, just needs to get a little more consistent. Obviously, Lejarius Need, surprise of the year last year. He's he's a stud. Um, do you agree that there's not a huge need, or do you think that they have some they have some reason to target some guys?
1: That kind of comes into play. Where do you draft for need, or do you draft for value? And people think you draft for need. I think like. In round one, you draft for need because you want a starting caliber player, and maybe rounds two and three. But after that, um, you draft you take lottery tickets basically. I mean, like a guy like Trill Williams from Syracuse, he can play cornerback and safety, he has the size lottery ticket. Like, um, there's an Ambry Thomas from Michigan, he can play outside corner lottery ticket. Like, there's a bunch of guys where you don't, Bryce Thompson from Tennessee, lottery ticket. Um, they need a safety, I think, because in a year, Dan Sorensen's going to leave again they're going to go through that same process. And I don't mind Dan Sorensen. I think for what he is, he's a fine player. And in 2021, when he's not making up for an injured Thornhill or recovering Thornhill, whatever, he'll be better. Um, But if you have a chance to upgrade and get a younger player at that position, I think you do it. Mm -hmm. And this year, the top of the safety class isn't great, but the middle of the safety class is fantastic. Like there are like 10 different guys the Chiefs could go with. So I think – cornerback maybe you could stand to add a late round pick there um I still have a feeling Bashad Breland's going to come back I mean that's just a gut feeling I haven't heard or seen anything that indicates that but um they do need an outside corner or a slot if you move Snead back outside which I'm not opposed to I think that he could do really well like with his tools man he has the potential to be a lockdown corner for like a decade and obviously that's me buying in all the stock after one year, like half a year or whatever. Um, but I think Sneed's the the real deal, yeah. but they do need a safety, I think, at some point.
0: Yeah, man, it's safe to say that uh, Brett Veach and Co. will have some have some options at 31, but I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to break down some of those possibilities with me tonight.
1: Yeah, no, dude, I appreciate you reaching out. I was super excited to uh, hear that you reached out and, and wanted to chat, so that was really cool.
0: The Talking Shot Podcast.